greatest. Good morning, South Beach. Here we are, the Fifth Street Gym podcast, live at the world famous Fifth Street Gym, Miami Beach, for episode number eight. And we're very excited. We have my my partner, Tom the Greek, also known as Tom Sadas, and the bare knuckle world champion, Louis Baboon Palomino. We're very excited to have you here. Uh, people, met, met, some people know, some people don't know. You're actually my fighter. Which I'm very <laughs> proud to say. Very, I say that every opportunity I get, uh, you train here at the gym with us, and yes. also uh, with your other coach, Tigre, yes. Tigre, which his real name is Eric Castaños. Eric Castaños, and he is a 50-50 coach with me all the way down the line. We do all the work together. Uh, the reality is, Baboon does all the work. We just uh, <laughs> we just have a great stallion to ride, but. Uh, I have a few, you know, questions for you about your upcoming fight. What is, what do we have right here, right next, coming up this week? So we'll be defending two titles. I'm, I'm holding right now the BKFC uh, inaugural 155-pound title, and I'm also holding, which I don't have right now with me, the Police Cassette Diamond Belt, which is the first belt in history. Like all belts came from this one belt, bare knuckle, way before boxing, and the first person that was awarded this belt was uh, Janelle Sullivan which was very known for like, what, 65 rounds he, he did back in the days, bare knuckle. And he was the one that was awarded the very first belt. And all belts that you see today in boxing, kickboxing, WC, bare knuckle, and today in the present, they all came from that belt. So I'll be defending both belts, Gen 26. Very exciting. Can you, a little history maybe on bare knuckles boxing? Just so people are not familiar with it. Uh, bare knuckle boxing, and basically, you know, from what I've heard, right, because I wasn't around in that time, whatever, what I've heard was something like 137, 140 years. And, you know, they would, they would just go, they would just go bare knuckle. There was no gloves, and pretty much there was no timing. You know, no it's kind of like, it's kind of like a UFC when it first started. There was no timing. You just go. And later on came the gloves, and the gloves were more designed to protect the hands of the fighters there rather than the face of the fighters and that's when it kind of evolved into boxing and so on who will you be fighting this week i'll be fighting uh the england champion foreign no undefeated in bare knuckle also a professional fighter uh i think something like 15 and 4 if i'm not mistaken you know bryce a lot about being in the other card of joshua um anthony joshua but uh, he, he had a fair uh, t- um, record in boxing, and he's undefeated in bare knuckle. He's 4-0. He's a champion in England, and he's trying to come over here to take the American champion's belt. So his name is uh, El Tornado, uh, Tyler Goodjohn. Now, what uh, you made this transition very smoothly from mm-hmm. MMA, where you actually started as a boxer as a child. Yes. Professional MMA fighter, where you did capoeira, jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, everything to be a well-rounded fighter, and then you transitioned to bare knuckle. What was yes. that transition like? So it, it came to the point where, you know, I spent the last three, maybe three and a half years fighting with two torn ligaments in the same leg, and I told it doesn't bend. <laughs> I call it a, the toe of hell. And, and I started, you know, training to fight at the age of 26. I started very late. So one of the biggest mistakes I ever made, not having the right people around me to push me to make the right decisions, was apart from all the mistakes that I made was not doing surgery so that kind of you know I didn't want to take time out because I was already you know what they call a late bloom I was starting late already so I don't want to take that year off which ended up ruining the last three years of my MMA fighting career um once bare knuckle surfaced I noticed that every time I put on the resin issues I have no problem 
I have no, and I had my knee brace on, I had no problem. And in the MMA, everybody knew that, you know, they didn't want to trade with me. And they wanted to look for a wrestling tactic, hold me down, nearly whisper in my ear, don't hit me no more, and just hold me down. And I lost a lot of decisions due to cage control where I wasn't even getting hurt, you know. So as time passed and I realized that I'm starting to hurt my record in MMA now, I'm taking losses that I've never taken before, you know, and, and I, I didn't want to keep hurting my record, my legacy. I didn't want to keep putting my fans down, my family, myself. And I made the, the decision to say, you know what, my first love was always boxing. You know, I, I was a little late, you know, and long story short, I, I ended up you know, doing a full circle and coming back to boxing. That's when you and I started working together. It was the very beginning, about eight months before we even signed the contract with Bare Knuckle. Because we know each other. I know Coach Dino for many years. And I've worked with Dino many times throughout my career, even though I was not his fighter. You know, but he's always taking care of me, always had an open door for me. He had a mutual friends and a student of his, Lazar, that introduced me to him to begin with. And you know, we just had a very good you know, communication and, and click. we clicked. So when it's time to make the switch to boxing, it's a what better than the world's famous Fish Street Gym. You know, I was already, of course, working with Eric Castaños you know, as well. Eric Castaños is more of a kickboxer and focused in MMA and kickboxing, but he works with boxers as well. So I said, I need to look for like a different team now. I had the MMA team, you know, Tigre, I had Manny, my wrestling coach. And I said, I need to rebuild my team. So I kept my strength and conditioning coach, Amir Pareda, and I came to you. And I spoke to you and I told you I wanted a box. At, at 39 years old, it, it wasn't easy. We spent eight months looking for a fight and we couldn't find one. And Bare Knuckle opened the doors and here we are today. Yeah. What I was going to say is, uh, what do you find with, uh, with Coach Dino that you like versus Tigre and how do they complement each other? I, it, yeah, I love it. I love it because it's two different things. It's two completely different things. Like, one has one style of teaching and his own tactics. One has a completely different form of teaching and completely different tactics that both are perfectly what I need. So like it, it blends in perfectly from one side back. Another, another side is the, the vibe and the talk. Like one is like my Spanish, Hispanic side, and the other one's like the English, more Americanized side. So it's like it's just a perfect blend. The communication, the chemistry is very natural. There's nothing being forced here, you know? The way that they both, in their own uh, frame of mind, they had to push this positive energy into me, which is something that I kind of battled in, in my past, with, with past coaches, you know, where, where, you, where they're supposed to be building you up and you feel like they're pushing you down in, in, in a different sense, you know. Uh, you know, if it makes any sense to you, but it, they, the way that they speak life to me from, from two different angles, from two different ideals, you know, from two different cultures, is, is, is just is, is amazing the way it blends in with me. The styles, when it comes to the fighting, one is telling me, Move. He wants me to move the entire time. He doesn't want me to get touched by, not even by a jack. <laughs> he wants me to move even while punching. And, and then Dino wants me to sit down and, hey, hold up. Stop moving right now, Pope. And sit on your punches. This is like a combination of both where I can balance both. Because I'm very good at that. I'm a Libra at heart to begin with. So it's very easy for me to manage both sides. And they don't trip over each other. One is not saying don't do that. And the other one's not saying do that. One is not with an ego trying to tell the other one, no, I do it better. Like, there's nothing like that. You know, they just blend in and work so well together and make it so easy for me to use both tactics and both teachings and blend them into my own game. So it's, it's just perfect. It's sometimes we're actually saying the same thing, <laughs> but for whatever reason, it's not. I'm saying it's, he's not hearing it. Yeah. It's not that it's just not clicking, and then he'll say it in Spanish, <laughs> and he'll catch it, or vice versa. Tigger be telling repeating yes. something. I, I even know enough Spanish, boxing Spanish, to know what he's saying, and then I'll say it in English, and boom, 
it catches and, and he, and he puts very, it in it's play. It's very true. It's and very uh, true. we make adjustments mid-fight, and it's been a very smooth transition. It's been wonderful. Now, from you, considering that you train him, what do you see in him? You've seen thousands of people that you've trained. I've known you for 30-something years. You've trained and people that are world champions, including Bamboom. Uh, but from boxing, what do you see in Louis here that other fighters may have or may not have? Well, uh, you know, people were concerned about his age. And even he was concerned. He's like, oh, hey, coach, I'm, you know, I'm 39, now 40. Um, the proof is in the pudding that it's, it, it, it's just a number. So he and Tigre and myself would look at the number on the stopwatch when he run the track or the amount of punches he threw in a round or the amount of rounds he does or the amount of rounds he's doing with guys in their 20s. Is we monitor his heart rate. So the numbers don't lie. So it, it, uh, once everyone acknowledged the fact that he's performing at the level of someone much, much younger, uh, it, he started to believe, we started to believe, and that momentum just kept going where every practice, everybody had a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. Every practice, it was hugs and kisses. Every practice, couldn't wait to get started. You know? And uh, we, Tigre and I, have figured out he doesn't need a four-hour practice. He needs a 40-minute practice. Mm-hmm quality over quantity and we've just come to this we've 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 found this system that works and he's so open-minded as a martial artist you know to get a boxer a true boxer that's done it one way his whole career he's learned many styles literally capoeira where you're spinning around and (laughs) flipping to jiu-jitsu where you're laying on the ground it couldn't be any more opposite even if they're from the same country so you get a boxer that trained usually with their same coach for many, many years, and then they made this big transition and moved to Miami and come to me. It's hard to change them. But Babu's been so flexible, both physically and mentally, that it's made it very easy for us to coach him from, from two different worlds, two different styles, two different languages. He's been like a sponge absorbing, almost like a child, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, everybody would love to have the qualities of a child, and, and actually he does. And I'm, gonna th- and I'm not going to say this because you give me coffee all the time. <laughs> my liquid crap. But I've been around gyms for a while. I've seen, you know, the James Tonys and Vander Holyfield. I've seen from every spot from MMA. The one thing I got to say about Louis is when you talk about somebody who's a pure-born fighter, that's my, I'm going to throw into it. Not only his training regimen, not only the, how hard he works, how he does everything right. He just has this natural ability out of all the people that I've seen in all the gyms. I think he's just a natural born fighter that I don't see. I've hardly seen. You know, they talk about James James Tony didn't train a lot. Natural born fighter. Freddie just said if he just had a little bit of discipline. Well, this man here has a ton of discipline. When he comes into the gym, you know he doesn't leave. He just, I've never seen him forget his gloves here. I've never seen him forget his T-shirt here. I've never seen him not put his stuff away. He brings his coffee. He's all business. He trains. Is that something that obviously you do agree with me? But you think that's partly some of the success that this man has had? Absolutely. I mean, he's very, you know, not only does he have some childlike qualities, he's also very mature, and he surrounded himself both professionally and personally, um, in particular with his wife, uh, who's here with us today, who's who's so supportive. So he is now has. You know, the reality is if he had this team when he was 25 years old, he would have been multiple-time world champion, probably in the UFC, among other things. But everything happens for a good reason, and here we are today. And uh, all of the ingredients count equally. The discipline is just as important as having a sound home life, 
as having the two coaches, yes. as having the healthy body at 40 years old. The reality is if he doesn't hurt his toe, he never comes to the gym to become a boxer. So everything has to happen hmm. for a reason, and that, that chemistry has, has worked out perfect, you know, perfectly. Uh, my question for you is, who is the toughest opponent you've ever had? Justin Gagey. Justin Gagey. Justin Gagey, man, and I, I love that fight. We did it twice, and I was looking for a third. Um, the first fight, he caught me by surprise. No, no lies. I, I, I used to tend to uh, underestimate people. And I don't want to say that I underestimated people. It was more like I was overconfident. And I, did, I didn't put in the work that I was supposed to put in for this guy, uh, cardio-wise. And this guy came from 9,000 feet above sea level. Man. So it was like, he was ready, you know. And he brought that strong wrestling game too, but he wanted to trade with me. So it was a war. We actually broke NBC uh, Sports ratings records with that fight, the first fight we had. Uh, I lost the fight and my, my contract got doubled. <laughs> like right when I got off the plane when I landed here in Miami um, we fought the second time and no excuses I, I did a way better fight I did a lot more damage I dropped him I didn't finish him he survived and I stayed in the pocket I wasn't as focused in boxing back then and and I I was like in one place in the pocket not moving throwing the same combination over and over again he didn't even look you look at the video he didn't even look he went like this hit over and, and took my equilibrium out I hit the floor I was never out never sleeping but I took my equilibrium out, and the moment that I was on the floor, whoop, I stopped it, and that was it. And then I entered an eight-man tournament to fight three times in one night to fight him again. And that's why he respects me so much. That's why every time he was in uh, interviews in the USC, and they were asking me, hardest fight, we always say Palomino. There you go. <laughs> and if, if people do want to see that fight and they're watching it, work with Yeah, it. you look it up. I mean, uh, WSOF is now called PFL, which is that million-dollar tournament everybody recognizes it for. And PFL is blowing up as well. And they always playing it, and sometimes you'll see it on, on Facebook, it, the, the greatest fight you probably never see out of the UFC. So yeah, it's a huge fight. You can find it on YouTube, you can find it on the PFL website. You know, um, it, it always pops up, and hopefully it happens again. And who is your favorite boxer of all time? My favorite, personal favorite boxer of all time is the killer Mike Tyson. That's my favorite. My favorite, favorite boxer, and I've always been a fan, and, and I got to watch a lot of him growing up. You know, uh, compared to others, you know, growing up, I started boxing at the age of 10 to 13. I boxed three years. And in that time, you know, it was Tyson's reign, you know, and even <laughs> people get mad that it was like 30 seconds, 40 seconds, 50 seconds, one round, you know, and uh, it was exciting to me. And I never stopped watching. I never, I, I, didn't, I didn't keep watching other boxing fights. But Tyson, I would follow. I love the killer in him. You know? Like he has two fights, not. not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Following yeah. his footsteps. Definitely. And your favorite MMA fighter. Every MMA fighter is very hard to pick. If I have to pick one, I'd, I'd go with the Spider, Anderson Silva. And people want to compare a lot Adesanya right now to Anderson Silva. I don't think you can compare the two. Anderson Silva was a killer, man. Anderson Silva was a little more aggressive. I believe that Adesanya is a little more defensive in his style of fighting. I'm not a big fan. I respect the man what he's done. I respect the fact that he's really good, world-class, and he's pretty much ahead of his time. But the style is a little too defensive for my liking. I think the Anderson Silva would be, would be it still above it. And last but not least, who's the greatest boxer of all time? Sugar Ray Robinson, man. I've been hearing that since I was young. There you go. I've been hearing it since I was young, and I've been hearing it in this gym since I was older, too. So, like, I, it's, there's no mistake. Well, Sugar Ray truth. Robinson. Yeah, I got to do it. Your favorite meal since your wife? My favorite me. meals, I have none. I can't pick because that woman done cursed me. <laughs> this woman, this, she, she, you know, my woman's Japanese. Okay, she was born in Japan, and... She has like the greatest gift for cooking. So like I, she she'll literally say, "What do you want to eat today? Italian?" Like, you know, 
Like, pick a part of the world you want to be from. Any ethnic background, she makes it. And it'll be the first time making it. You'd be like, what the hell is this? You know, like, restaurant. I eat restaurant gourmet. Oh, my God. She ruined some of my favorite soups that I used to go out to get and drive like an hour to go and get. She ruined that for me. Because, I mean, she didn't ruin it. She made it better because she makes it seven more more. What's, the, what's your favorite thing that you make since Steve and I are really good? Like the soups, man. I'm big on the soup. She does this soup. one shrimp soup with uh, vegetables and uh, and uh, you know, some people don't like dark chicken. I love dark chicken. I don't. I don't like the dry chicken breast. You know, unless she does it, she does it differently. But I like my dark chicken. So she does like this uh, chicken thighs with shrimp. Jesus Christ, man. with rice noodles. Oh, what's yeah. the name of your of the company that cooks for not only for you? But for many of our fighters and clients here at the Fifth Street Gym yeah, to, make, so to make sure they make weight. BLB, Balanced Life Bento, is something that we came up with as Corona hit and she lost her job. My son lost his job. We had just moved into a house. And I told her, look, you know, I had done this in the past. And, you know, we, you know I didn't, we didn't go far, but you are very talented. I think you got something with this. And if you think about it like this, longest lifespan in the world, Okinawa, Japan. You know, at least uh, obesity in the world, Japan. So they're taught since very little how to balance the nutrition. So we came up with the name. She wanted to use bento into the name. So we came up together with the name Balanced Life Bento. Balanced Life Bento. It took off. It took off. We help fighters here, your entire foundation, all around Miami now. Get ready to cut weight and not just fighters. Everybody that wants to just live a more nutritious, balanced life. Now, people don't know this, but uh, the, the, the calf kick has become very famous <laughs> over the last year. And uh, you have documented proof yes. on video that you were the first one to really uh, implement yes. it. Thank you for that. You're Thank you for so that. Tell because us about the, because it, it's, the first it, big use of the calf kick. It's, it's very funny. People are, are, you know, are being told that you know in big TV shows that they're the ones that created it. And they're staying quiet, knowing damn well it wasn't that they, that they created it. You know, they can't prove it like I can prove. I can prove. I have video dating back to 2006, which was my third fight against a six foot three guy, Jeremy May which I accidentally kicked. He was so tall, I couldn't reach I couldn't reach my punches. I kicked him under the knee, and I saw how much I hurt him. You can see it clearly in the video, and you can see in most of my fights, I won 70% of my MMA fights through the calf kick. George Masvidal, how did he take it to strike force? I took him out with a calf kick. He complains about the wrestling from Usman and the toe stomping, right? But he didn't want to trade with me. He didn't want to trade punches with me, so I had to kick the calf because he was just kept trying to wrestle me, right? So... He took it to Strike Force. I, I believe that this is where it started because that was in 2012. He took it to Strike Force. He beat KJ News with that calf kick after I beat him. And then it just started to go everywhere. everywhere. But I have video proof since 2006 that nobody else can prove. And people try to tell me the whole Muay Thai's been doing this since you were born, since before you were born. Like, come on, man. Let's, let's be real. Muay Thai, and I respect Muay Thai. I've never trained Muay Thai in my life, but I respect. And they kicked the thigh. Show me a video where they actually aim directly at the calf and take out the calf and continue doing it in other fights. You will not find it. People try to send me videos where it's like uh, one kick. I'm like, okay, he never did it again in his life. That's like, what happened. Think about a fighter that's actually aiming for that calf while that foot is on the floor. Not that the guy picked up the foot to check a kick and it landed on the calf. That's different. If the foot's planted on the, foot, on the floor and you're aiming at that calf to take out that calf, it's a completely different story. And, and what the part first of the calf are you aiming at? I'm aiming right above the ankle, which is the thinnest part. Why is it so painful? There's two reasons why it's so effective. And I'm the proven concept, right? For one, there's a nerve that runs down the, the leg on that side. And when you kick it higher up, uh, right above, right under the knee, 
and you see it like in the uh it happened to uh what's his name charles uh, michael chandler you see his foot go crazy mm -hmm. and die yeah in ufc and other fighters went through the same thing in bellator and it's happening over and over again is because they, they cut the nerve so it takes away the feeling from the foot and you can't even plant your foot on the floor and you've seen it a few times i'm sure but I aim at the bottom part, which is the most effective part, because what we're causing is bone bruising. That's what people don't understand. That's why it's so painful. That's why George Masvidal couldn't walk for like a week or two weeks after the fight when he fought. And I have many people that told me that they trained with him. People don't know you won that fight. Yeah, we won the fight. Yeah. We definitely won the yeah. fight. And we fought George Masvidal eight pounds heavy. He was not trying to cut the weight. He had to pay me uh, out of his purse. Uh, $2,000, I believe, I made extra. He bought me a bed. Yeah. Right. Give me a nice Japanese platform about with that. With yeah. that one. Thank so, you, George. <laughs> so thank you, George. So yeah. So you know, we took him out with a calf kick, and he didn't want to trade. He was very tentative. He didn't want to fight. I I gave away two pounds for free actually, because the fight was not going to happen. Uh, um, I have to I have to tell you. I don't know if you want to tell it or if he wants to tell it, but you know my favorite story of all time. No. With Louis during oh. the pandemic. Oh, sorry. oh yes, I do know the story. <laughs> Oh yes, uh, we I, I was we were the gym was closed. We were closed, but we were open because oh, we, had yes. to, we had to continue to work to put food on our, on the tables of our families. So uh, we had the big door shut, and we had classes going on. And Louis was trained for at that time to show you what what how dedicated he didn't even have a fight yet. He was just training, ready just in case the, the, the announcement was made. So he came in all by himself. We we're all finished. And uh, he, he was cleaning, and they were the cops came pounding on the door. They were pounding on the door, and he called me up. He goes, Coach, the cops are here. What should I do? I said, don't do anything, but act like you're cleaning. So I come pulling up, and I pull up, and I say, hey, excuse me, officers, are they okay? They're like, yeah, someone's working out in there. I said, no, they're absolutely not. They said, we hear the timer, and we hear the music. I said, I have the timer on, the music on, because I know one day the gym will re be reopened and we'll come back stronger than ever. But maybe there could be a guy in there cleaning. They go, just open the door. And they weren't, so they didn't say it that nice. So we opened the door, and there he is, Baboon standing there in his workout clothes with a mop in his hand, frozen, posing, like he's taking pictures. And they come, they come and they look around, and they look in the bathroom, they look... I go, there's no other, this is it. There's no it's extra rooms. Me. It's just him. And they're like, uh, I heard, I, they're like, were you training? And he's like, no, sir. <laughs> I was just sweeping up. And they were furious. True story, because they have been knocking for a while and I didn't open. Yeah. I was like, coach, what do I do? They've been knocking for a while already. <laughs> so we oh, went outside man. and then the guy, was, uh, the cops, I'm like, officer. And the true story is, when people are shooting a building, I run out, guys like me, like toughest guy in the world's going to run out. And the cops, their job to run in, I respect them. And we have a lot of respect for them. But uh, I, and I told them that. I said, but, you know, I can't, I was, I'm so disappointed you're here to give us a hard time. I can't believe it. And they felt very guilty and they apologized <laughs> and, they, and they never bothered, stay, bothered us again. Yeah, it was true. Uh, we have a special guest here. Special guest. Come all on. Right. Dima. No, Dima, no, all no, the no, way no, from no, Russia. No. Frankenstein, he just <laughs> Let's get him mic'd up here. Oh my god. We call him Dima. His real name he can pronounce for us. Dimitri. <laughs> Dimitri. And your Dimitri. last name? Dimitri. Smolikov. Dimitri Smolikov. Smolikov. Uh, he actually has fought in the UFC. He's a, a champion wrestler from Russia. 
and uh, he is the my partner in what we call Bad Boys Gloves, which we film here at the at, here at the world famous Fisher Gym, which is live, high intensity sparring uh, with fighters from all over the world. It's been very exciting and very interesting. We get a lot of people, all people, all the way out in the alley watching the fights uh, late at night here in Miami Beach. He, him, and I actually created together, and uh, he's taken it to the next level. It's been very exciting. So everyone, uh, welcome. And where can they see that? So uh, what's the channel put called? That, uh, down in, uh, Bad Boys Gloves. Bad Boys Gloves. Bad Boys Gloves. You can find it on Instagram and on YouTube. YouTube. So you can follow that channel. You make sure you follow the Fifth Street Gym channel and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you follow our Instagram, Fifth Street Gym. Instagram and Dino at Fifth Street Gym Instagram. I don't want to forget your Instagram is at Luis Baboon. At Luis Baboon. So you have so you can follow us all and you'll catch all and this his new wife's content and bento. And balanced life bento. Balanced life bento. So there you go. So what do we have coming up? What's new? What's new in the world of what's new? So of Dima. The plan is the, the plan is, is the plan like the plan before. Yeah, to capture the world. <laughs> how we <laughs> so we uh, how we can do, uh, how we are going to do it depends on us. The plan is always exchanging. But I, I brought some news. Okay. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be sold uh, in the close future to the platform Bad Boys Gloves streaming platform. So uh, the plan is like to cooperate with Bad Boys Gloves YouTube channel to put some preparation of the tournaments and the full fights. The people will be interesting. Who will be interested? Will be able to watch at the platform. I cannot say yet. What, it's a what, yeah, yeah. What, what name of the platform? Because we discussed. So we're going to take Bad Boys Gloves to another, to the next level, right. and put it on a streaming platform. And what's interesting about Bad Boys Gloves? That's what's interesting. Yes. You're talking too much, you know. Yes. <laughs> but I wanted them to understand what, what yeah. Bad Boys. What's interesting about Bad Boys Gloves is unlike fights where they're protecting their record, they're worried about money, they're worried about who's watching. When people come for Bad Boys Gloves, they let it all hang out. Yeah. They get excited and motivated by just the heat in the room. It's a hell and of a the show. fans that are up against the ring. Unlike a real boxing match, there's judges, there's a space, everyone's in their seat. The people are breathing down their neck, their coaches come, their friends come, their families come. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're just invited all. And the atmosphere takes it. We all get swept up in the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. You'll and see me like as the referee yeah, sweating my brains out uh, and uh, trying to keep everyone up to date what's going on. So Bad Boys Gloves has become something we never even imagined. And the energy level is, is something that no one ever predicted. Um, what's, when's the next Bad Boys Gloves? Uh, I hope so. We're going to make... We're gonna start making again uh, from August and uh, every month. Remember September? We were talking about maybe doing it September too. Remember? So we're gonna start the, the next one's gonna be in August. and so want to keep it going consistently. Yeah, and and, and yeah. what's interesting is that fighters come from all over the world. You never know who's gonna come, and both either as spectators or as participants. Uh, the word got out on the street, and the door is always open, uh, and you just never know what's gonna happen next. The interesting thing, you know. Here uh, on the sparring days, we see the amazing fights, yes, and the people fighting like um, you never seen these fights, like uh, this high-level fights on the on the screens because the, on the screens they have some responsibilities be, be beyond the backs, yes, and uh, they really care about what's gonna happen uh, in each round. Yeah, here people doesn't care what what what's gonna happen and. Uh, a lot of outstanding fighters, un- undiscovered fight- uh, fighters yet, 
and maybe if they will be not undiscovered at all, it, and the Bad Boys Gloves will be good a platform to discover them, to open them like as a boxers. Uh, and, and another thing is, uh, let me throw it before I forget, is when you're doing this, when you're doing sparring, you're kind of in a sparring mode. Not that this is not sparring, but when you're sparring with the lights, with people there, it's, it takes it to a new level because now the nerves are there, now the energy's there. So you feel you have to take it to a, a higher level than you do on a Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday when yeah. you plug in for sparring at 10.30. Uh, you have to take it to the next level because you do have people here, you do have the lights here, you have the sparring here, you have everything. But now you have to perform as if you're going to perform in a real fight. And that's what the difference is. Yes, and uh, you know what, what, what is interesting? I would like to, to go to another level a little bit to exchange the vector. vector. Yes? To exchange the way a little bit. Uh -huh. So we're still going to uh, keep working with the professional fighters. And I would like to invite some famous guys. Because here are coming too, too many famous guys. They want to they wanna box. Yes, they, <laughs> I, I see like... They, you want to be part they, of they, it. They, yeah. they, they're attractive, yeah, but, but they, they will not be going anyway um, because of too, uh, too old or it's too late to start, you know, or, or they are afraid of something. Take to take it competitions, yes, the real competitions. But here on our Bad Boys gloves, they, they can put on gloves, they can put on helmet, yes, <laughs> and uh, there is no judge, no, nobody can say you. Louis Baboon in the corner, another, <laughs> another uh, prestigious person in another corner. You do. <laughs> and uh, that is, that is going to be fun, you know. So, so we're talking about getting people that are not just boxers. Yeah, just, just not the boxers. that might be a celebrity businessman or, or a businessman who can come and be part of it. Actors, singers, you know. Singers. It's very fun is what it mm -hmm. is. It's boxing for fun. It's boxing for sport. It's not boxing for money. It's not taking a Logan Paul that really shouldn't be in front of that many people having a fighting Mayweather. It's clearly, clearly contrived to try to make something. It's very natural of who comes. We let you, we wait. You know how we weigh him in? We weigh him in in order, light, smallest to tallest, smallest to biggest. Mm -hmm. And the second smallest guy fights the first smallest guy and so on and so forth. And it's just magic happens. We've had fights that have just evolved we never expected an amateur versus a pro that becomes the fight of the night so there's it's really no organic. way to know it's it's almost impossible to catch that magic in the bottle but we've been so lucky we've had it repeated time and time again and we have more big exciting uh, bad boys gloves coming yes a lot of people asking you know when is going to be next one hmm. if you would be, if it would be boring or something yes nobody would ask any care about this so I remember the Luis Baboon came the last time and he was supporting his guy, uh, the MMA guy who uh, was fighting against uh, another one, boxer, boxer from Romania. I forgot his name. And it was really exciting because different styles. And I, I see, I completely see uh, my style in the boxing, <laughs> looking at, at his guy because he was, uh, he was making the same stance, you know, <laughs> trying to make attack only overcooks, <laughs> more, more overcooks, no, not really much care, uh, no, not really much technique, like boxing technique. That guy in front of him was a real professional boxer. He was interesting and he, know, he, he knew the right trajectory and he was following it. Uh, that guy was like from the village, you know, whoo -hoo, like, <laughs> on the lucky. It was completely Very entertaining. Yeah. And a lot of people who will be watching now is uh, very competitive uh, situation. Uh, who is the strongest, uh, wrestlers or uh, strikers? Yes, like in MMA. So 
in, in MMA, they, they always, no, striker is better, no, wrestling is better. Now, uh, MMA is like, for, uh, has, uh, yeah, 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 exchange a little bit, you, you know, if like 10, 10 years ago, it was for the wrestlers, mm. much better platform. Mm -hmm. For the strikers, maybe, maybe a little bit less. Now, stri strikers exchanged <laughs> the style, and strikers beca uh, became more wrestlers too. <laughs> and now they have a striking, they have a uh, they have a wrestling, and also jiu-jitsu, yes, uh, became more uh, high level for the fighters. Uh, Ten years, fifteen years ago, we didn't pay much attention for the jiu-jitsu. Now everybody understood that jiu-jitsu, and even for the wrestlers, if you are like high level wrestler, if you are coming and you don't know jiu-jitsu, you uh, <laughs> completely have a lot of problems. Uh, and, and even if you grab the leg and try to get down, and, if you, and even if you get down the MMA fighter, so that is on the ground will be a lot of problems because you don't know how to protect from the submission. So. And now, actually I love boxing, you know. <laughs> I understand that MMA is too hard striking. I've had, you know, it's interesting, I've had a wide variety, I've had models, girls that are paid to be pretty in the face, ask me if they could compete in Bad Boy's Glove. <laughs> I've had men in their, older, I'm 50, older than me, ask me, you think I, you could give me a fight in Bad Boy's Gloves? <laughs> I, I'm like, are you crazy? I, one guy owns a, a, a giant company, he makes millions of dollars, he can't find his way of a paper bag, and he's like, twi he asked me, how much do I have to give you to let me in Bad Boy's Gloves? I said, I can't let you, I can't let you go out there. And okay. So there you go, everybody, 5,000, you got your spot. Um, you make the best video in promo for you, you know? That's it. Uh, so it's been Bad Boy's Gloves has been really going out there and it's uh and it was really just him and I talking is how it started and you know all it's an interesting all things that are very very again successful come from an idea and uh and I think that that this since we're on the topic of how this came the people out there your ideas may be the next biggest thing but you have to try to follow them and he's been the engine behind this I've had the facility I had the fighters I had all the, the mechanical details to make it happen but it was it was his energy that pushed the idea along that made it made it what it is and make it what it's going to become actually we have an amazing team hmm. uh, I uh, responsible for the filming uh, for the production, production. For, for everything yes Dino has a beautiful play, place and even like I was dreaming when I was in Russia about uh, to have uh, the session, training session in the gym, like uh, I was watching on the in the movies. Yes, mm. coming with this uh, simple back to, to the simple, simple place mm -hmm. where it's like uh, boxing bags and uh, unrecognizable people. For example, when I came here, the first move when I started coming here, I could understand. Very beautiful lady, <laughs> supermodel. In this kind of space, yeah. Uh, for example, uh, here was uh, <laughs> had a sparring, really attractive sparring, so exciting fight, you know, like, like unstoppable. The guys uh, have been punching each other, so interesting, uh, like high level boxing. I asked, who is this guy? Olympic champion. You know, and <laughs> everybody is coming here. Yeah. Louis Baboon. I used to put the story like Louis Baboon. A lot of people 
sent me an Instagram from Russia. <laughs> oh, we know him. He fought for ACA, not like uh, from uh, against the Lomali. Uh, yeah, Lomali, uh, yeah. Lomali from yeah. Germany, uh-huh. uh, one Russian guy, Chechen yes. guy. And another, oh, say hello to them. <laughs> a lot of famous guys here are coming and, and they're supposed to use it. That's why we call it the world famous Fifth Street Gym. There you go. Um, that being said, that all stems from Muhammad Ali. I uh, just want to wrap this up today. We had a great episode with two great guests. Uh, when is your fight? Clear? June 26th. And where can they see that? At the Hall Rock Stadium. If you're here in Miami and if you're not, go to the link in my bio on Instagram, at Luis Baboon. Follow the link. Download the BKTV app and you can catch it for less than five bucks. Don't get no better than that. Four title fights. Wow, very exciting. Other than that, uh, we're gonna, this episode will be coming out soon this week on Wednesday. Wednesday. So be ready for the drop on Wednesday. And uh, other than that, uh, every Friday we're recording. Every Wednesday we're, we're releasing. So keep up, follow on Instagram, three o'clock YouTube, Fridays. 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock on Friday. So if... Uh, don't Maybe, be late. Yeah, you can come out and watch the filming. You can come be a part of the show. We'd love to have you. Other than that, we will see you on the beach. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. I am the greatest.